You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, you know, doing well. You know, trying to put my head back together after last night's uh, watching the DNC. That was painful, uh, wasn't it? It was. It was I, uh, I, uh, how the media is touting it as this wonderful, amazing um, event when it was well put together as far as the production, but as far as a presidential campaign, there was no material to it. There was no meat. There was nothing. Like what, I, I don't know what his policies are. All I know now is that um, Kamala Harris uh, is joining up with a who she says a racist and a uh, sexual predator. Mm-hmm. And Biden has a stutter, and so now we can't make fun of uh, his. Uh, dementia because he he has um, a stutter. The media here all day where I'm at has been nothing but Biden. Like it's Biden, 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 DNC, DNC. That's all you're seeing. You don't hear anything about Trump. Not not at all. It's so one sided. It's laughable. Everything was about how like when I woke up this morning, Bruce, this is what it was, because obviously I'm a little bit ahead of you guys in time. But when I woke up this morning, the only thing I saw which I didn't watch the speech until later, but the only thing I saw was about how powerful the speech was and how great it was and how much energy was behind it and how he made such rocks or rock solid points and he knows exactly what needs to be done and he's taken charge and he's he's got the leadership role and this is what America needs. And I'm like, what? Like, we've been seeing Joe making so many mistakes and, you know, like we haven't, we're not on the the bandwagon of making fun of the guy because of it, because we know what the problem is. There's right. a there's an issue of uh, is it pre onset dementia, it's something like like along those lines, and, and uh, something like that. Yeah, he's but there's a cognitive issue, right? I can see that. Yeah. Now I'm not a medical expert, but I've seen people go through that, and I know exactly mm-hmm. what that look is and exactly what that behavior is like, and it's it's terrifying, right? And it's sad. It's sad to see it. So we haven't really been, you know, jumping on the bandwagon of all these people in the in the media that have been making fun of the guy. And if that's what you want to do, fine. But I'm not going to put myself in that position. But right. I hear all these headlines this morning. I see all these headlines this morning about how he gave this great blockbuster speech. And then I watch it and I'm like, this isn't any of that. Like, th- this is no. boring. It's dry. It's got nothing in it. On top of that, it wasn't even live. Like, it wasn't even live. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only thing that was live out of that was uh, Obama and Kamala. Those two were supposed to have been live. Now, uh, they're both good enough speakers that it could have been pre-recorded and we would have never known. But uh, oh, and not to mention the fact that they used the the 10 year old boy, 11 year old boy, however old he is with the stutter. They exploited him and his disability for their own gains. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, that. come on. It's so they were saying that he he did a fan like this moving speech and uh, no what i seen was you guys are exploiting a kid like i get it that you know biden had a speech impediment and he's overcame that but why are you exploiting someone like that it's just if if trump were to have done something like that and exploited a kid we would never hear the end of it in the media that's true that's true 
And it would be, oh, look, look how much of a bully he is going after young children like that. Look, look how he's using yeah. people to exploit all that. And you know what? Like this, it's a good direction to go with this, because if you notice, this is kind of what they're trying to tie into all this. And, and we'll talk about this. OK, the Roger Stone thing. We're speaking mm-hmm. of how they're trying to tie things to Trump, right? The Roger Stone thing. They tried to tie Trump into all that mess. And the whole thing with Roger Stone fell apart anyway. Right? The whole case was based on ginned up garbage and the whole thing fell apart. So Trump gets exonerated. Like Stone was arrested for the for the Russia thing, right? For the Russia, quote, Russia collusion, right? He was arrested for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trump goes mm-hmm. through the process of impeachment, be, gets exonerated because there was no collusion. And Trump still, or excuse me, uh, Stone still gets convicted after Trump is exonerated. So if Trump goes down, or excuse me, uh, this is confusing. If Stone goes down, well, that doesn't make any sense because there was no collusion. So that's what Stone was arrested and tried and convicted on, which was ginned up nonsense. So it doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense if Stone goes down from something that Trump was exonerated on. That, that doesn't make sense. Right. So tr- they put they put Trump in a position where he had to pardon him, which mm-hmm. he didn't even pardon him. He didn't even pardon him. That's what the media made it sound like, but that's not what it was. He commuted mm-hmm. his sentence. Stone didn't ask yeah. for a pardon. He never once asked for a pardon, as far as I know. Maybe he did and I just missed it, but he he didn't ask for a pardon to the best of my knowledge. He asked for a commutation because he wanted to prove his innocence. He wanted he wants to be exonerated and he still has that. He still has that. So he's going to go through now and go through the process of proving his own innocence because we live in a system now where you're guilty until proven innocent. But he's going through that. Okay, so what happens now? Now they've kind of moved on from that. So now Steve Bannon's been arrested. Yeah, let's talk about Bannon. He gets arrested on Miles Guo's yacht. Now, the media is calling him, at least what I'm seeing out of the UK papers, they're calling him a a Chinese fugitive. (laughs) Now, um, anybody that leaves the CCP, you're a fugitive, right? Just throwing that out there. Now, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think he was arrested. Uh, Guo, I'm talking about. uh, I don't think he was arrested. All Miles Guo is, as far as I know, he is he's a guy that used to be part of the CCP and he made all kinds of money. He was essentially he was Mm -hmm. he was like the Donald Trump of China, kind of. Kind of. He was there's many of them like that, but he was one of them. And he was mainly famous for and and got rich for building real estate, hotels and clubs and and things like that. That's what he did. And uh, he defected, went to the U.S., which, okay, fair enough. Right. And he's spending his fortune trying to fight the CCP. Okay, All right. That's that's admirable. Right. That's admirable. Okay, that doesn't make him a fugitive, (laughs) does it? But he's still a Chinese national. uh, So I don't think there's anything they could have done with him. But as far as I know, so, okay, this happened at like seven o'clock in the morning. The feds raided Miles Guo's yacht because that's where Bannon was. Right. He was out there on the Mm -hmm. on the yacht with him. Now, the thing with Bannon is, is I I guess he's uh, from what I've been able to to extrapolate today, from what I've been able to read, he was tied up in this thing like this charity or something that he was putting out through his podcast or something where or or off to the side. But I remember him promoting it on his podcast. I mean, we we watch these things from all these different people uh, to see what they Mm do uh, and to see what they talk about. And I remember him specifically putting advertisements out for that that particular, I guess it was a charity, right? It was a 501c3. And yeah, yeah, he was taking in donations in conjunction with another guy to build a part of the border wall or something. And they took in mm. millions of dollars. It was something like twenty five million dollars or something like that. 
and they only built like three miles of wall or something. I mean, I, I don't know. It was something, something small and obscure. And I thought, well, you're taking in all this money and, and that's all you're doing. But come to find out, Bannon was actually drawing salaries or drawing a salary from that. And I guess this other guy was, too. So what, what have you what have you been able to find out? I mean, there's more to it before I get too far off into the distance here. I'll let you jump in. That's uh, I mean, more or less, that's that's what I've I've been able to surmise as well. It's um, they're charging they're charging him with uh, defrauding online donors, uh, exactly as you were saying, in 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 relation to the border wall, um, which he pleaded not guilty to. Uh we had we had also just seen an article on uh, the the veteran that was involved in all this, and uh, we were kind of talking about it before recording. The um, he, he's a, a what three amputee, three time amputee. I don't know what you want to call yeah, him. Yeah, um, I think the guy's um, name is uh, Brian Cole Cole Colfax Colfage something like that. Cole something. Yeah, I I, I remember Colfax. seeing the headline of the article and kind of skimming over it, and I didn't really pay any he's, attention to it. I was like, he's a triple. Okay, so a, a veteran making amputee. money. Yeah, he's a triple yeah. amputee, right? It, he was he was given some type of a medal or something from Bush, as far as I know, and he lost. I think it was his arm and both of his legs, right? Yes, uh, I think that's what it was. And I remember seeing the article, and I was like, okay, so I mean, a veterans making money. He has an attractive wife. He's got money to buy boats and stuff. I, I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, yeah, whatever, because I, I didn't know the guy. I didn't know his affiliations right. or anything. Right. And now it's uh, it, it, we found out that he's tied to Bannon and that's where he was getting some of his money was they're speculating was through Bannon and through that whole fraud thing. So I don't know if they're going to go after him or if they're going to arrest that guy as well or what the deal is there um, or if he knew about any of this. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how all this is uh, going to go down. But, uh, yeah, that might explain where he was getting all that money and his wife was getting all the uh, plastic surgery and whatnot. And that's kind of what I read about uh, about this guy, uh, this this veteran guy is he was kind of somehow involved with all this. And he was the guy. I mean, I actually heard that guy call in to uh, to a talk show or two from time to time talking about this. And he was talking about how they coordinate everything and how they uh, do all this. And they partner with you know certain agencies and construction companies and they get people to, to donate and all this stuff. And I thought, all right, well, OK, whatever. And then. He's got, as you said, he's got these boats and he's got uh, cars and golf carts and he's like renovating his house and uh, his wife's getting cosmetic surgery and all this stuff. And I'm like, something's not quite right here. I mean, I'm not going to say it was like this super lavish lifestyle, but you could definitely tell that there was some kind of I mean, I understand like there's, you know, if you get wounded in combat like that, there's disability. Right. I get it. But I don't know of anybody. Mm -hmm that's on disability that gets that kind of money, you know? Mm -mm. So I, I, I don't know anybody that does that. Now, if the guy's a legit entrepreneur, fine, right? So be it. So be it. Right, but right. But I think one of the charges was uh, like the uh, fraud, wire fraud, I think. And then a couple other things. I'm not sure. I don't know if it was embezzlement or what, but those are the charges. I mean, we, we obviously don't know all the details of everything that's behind the scenes. This is just what's come out at this point. And I've heard some interviews today from several different people about this issue, uh, was specifically with Bannon. Of course, the media is out there trying to tie it to Trump. And, oh, yeah. Did, did you mm -hmm. see all this? That's where, you know, I say they're kind of they couldn't get stoned. So now they've moved on to Bannon. And I, I'm almost of, of two mindsets about it, because in one sense, I think that maybe that's what it is. 
right? I think that maybe that's kind of what it is. Maybe it was something legit and they didn't dot all their I's and cross all their T's or something. Maybe they made a mistake because, you know, just as well as I do, if you don't put the check in the right box on your taxes, they'll put you away, right? Yeah. And the same thing they did with, uh, what's his name? Michael Cohen. They got him on an expired taxi cab medallion from, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. So it stands to reason that somebody that's, I'm just trying to look at both sides here. It stands to reason that somebody that's involved in a charity with tens of millions of dollars, if something is done improperly, then, okay, maybe they just legit made a mistake. I don't know. I don't know. But on the other hand, maybe they did defraud a charity. (laughs) You know, their own charity. I don't know. I don't know if they did. Then, okay, you got to go down for that. But what I've been hearing today from several different people, they are not of the opinion that it was a mistake. They think that he's actually going to go down for this. What makes this difficult is uh, because of his ties with Trump, uh, skimming over and trying to find news about this uh, and trying to dig into to find the facts. It is really difficult to do because. All the media that I'm finding right now on this is the the articles are skewed heavily against Trump. That's all they're talking about is his ties to Trump. And it's just hit piece after hit piece after hit piece. I want the facts on all this, right? Give me why is he being arrested? What are the charges? Where's the evidence? You know, give me some material on this. And all I'm seeing is, I mean, even they're even bringing up stuff about like Jeffrey Epstein in this article. I mean, it's like, what? This is about Bannon and fraud, well, not okay, a sex now, ring. <laughs> I understand. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Uh, and I heard that connection this morning, too, in some of those interviews was Bannon had ties to Epstein somehow. Now, I don't know what that was. I, I, they didn't go into detail, but that's what was mentioned. Uh, and I, like I said, I don't know the details of all that, but um, that's that's kind of it's kind of what the assumption was that that, that was being put out there uh, is that he somehow had ties to Epstein. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's an interesting point you, you bring up there on it. Yeah. But I don't see how that's got anything to do with Trump. That uh, Exactly the thing. Like they're they're trying to tie all this to Trump in some way. Of course, uh, that's what they've been doing for the last, what, four years. <laughs> so it, it, it's no surprise, really. But that's what anyway, all that to say, it's it's making it difficult to find the facts on this and, and get the actual details on it. And unfortunately, we're, we're seeing this a lot in uh, a different media's or, you know, period. Like you, you want to find information on something? Well, good luck. You're it, it's all Trump bashing and uh, propaganda nonsense. It, it's it's getting tiresome. It's only going to get worse as we go on. Right. It only gets more crazy from here. Yeah. Speaking of crazy, your favorite mayor, right? Lori Lightfoot mm-hmm. from Chicago. Yeah. But, she has well, favorite Chicago mayor. Yes. Your yeah. favorite. Well, it's the only Chicago mayor. Well, I mean, there's been other Chicago mayors, right? Oh, oh, yes. Not been well, you did, yeah. So. I don't know. Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, Rahm Emanuel is probably one of my favorites. The Godfather. You know, he was. He, he, mm-hmm, I think honestly, mm-hmm. I think honestly, if you had to compare the two, I think Rahm Emanuel did a better job than this woman. Seriously. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. serious. I, I think Rahm Emanuel did a great I, I, job in comparison. Uh, in comparison. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, okay, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say to that. You know, I didn't like Rahm Emanuel, but uh, in, in this case, I think, you know, if you're comparing the two mayors on policy, uh, I think Rahm Emanuel did a better job. But <laughs> Lesser of two evils. Yeah, and that's terrible to say. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, she that's has done something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She has done something completely unprecedented. Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, has banned protesters. She's banned them. She's canceled their First I'm, Amendment. I mean, it... it 
totally sounds constitutional, if you ask me. I mean, like, it, no, you know, no problems there at all. It's, well, it's, it's not totally like you have a constitution. Yeah, it's not like you have a constitutional right mm-hmm. to protest or anything. Right, right. Yeah, you're not guaranteed that. Uh huh. You know, it's not like it's not like the media didn't like hound. Uh, those of us that are saying, um, you know, you, you can't go out and riot and destroy buildings and stuff. That's not part of the, the peacefully protesting. And they're saying, no, it's peacefully protesting. You can't violate peaceful protests. And now she's doing exactly that. Well, it gets better. I mean, she hasn't actually canceled protests per se. Uh, she's just canceled them on the street where she lives. So you can protest and, and riot and loot and burn everywhere else in the city. That's fine. But where she lives, you, you can't. So, it, yeah, that's that's kind of the way she's gone with it. Uh, she says this is her quote. She says, I think that the residents of this city, understanding the nature of the threats that we're receiving on a daily basis. Uh, OK, just throwing this out there, uh, lady, you're getting threats on a daily basis because you're not doing your job. OK, you're you're not restoring any kind of law and order. So, uh, OK, I can understand why the citizens are a little pissed. OK, I <laughs> just just saying. But she says, hater, <laughs> right? She says, understand, I have a right to make sure that my home is secure. That's her response. Um, so basically what she's saying there is you as a citizenry have no right to secure your home, but I have every right to use law enforcement, which you pay for as a taxpayer. I have and the right barric- to use them. And to, barricade to, the streets uh, off. Yeah, right. Dictator much? Tyrant much? Like that yeah. That shows, if that doesn't show like the ultimate disdain for whatever community you got left there, I don't know what does. I, I don't know what does. That's terrible. That's absolutely shameful. How on earth can you justify that? You've got private security all day long, lady. Right. Every city, every major city mayor has security that's provided by the police department of that city. Right. As far as I know, maybe some cities don't do that. I don't know. But as far as I know, major cities that I've worked in before, the police department has a special detail that guards the mayor. They have that. They have private security. But the average citizen doesn't. If you think that that's bad, I mean, just look at the number of people that get shot in Chicago on this. Uh, They go on with all this nonsense. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. And the citizens, they can't defend themselves. They're not allowed to. I mean, your Second Amendment is there to provide protection, uh, allow you to protect your home. But guess what? If you do that in Chicago, you're the one that goes to prison. And not only do you go to prison, but the, the criminal that broke into your home that you may have shot to defend yourself, they can sue you. So it's a it's a lose lose situation there. So why are you even there? Well, okay. to be to be fair, if you go into some of the lower income areas in a city and I'm not I'm not knocking anybody that that uh, lives in those those conditions, uh, they really don't have much alternative. You know, like if anybody that has the ability right now to move is that's the mass exodus we're seeing from the cities. People are selling and liquidating and, and putting up everything they've got. They're selling it all. And they're leaving the cities. We're in a position right now where we are the opposite of where we were 100 years ago. 100 years ago, people were fleeing rural America to go to cities to find work. We're not there. We're not there. We're, like, I shouldn't say 100 years ago. I should say 90 years ago because the 20s, we had the roaring 20s. So the depression happened in the 30s, happened after the crash of 29. But OK, 90 years ago. But now we're kind of the opposite of where we were. Now people are fleeing the cities. And they're going to rural America because everyone can telecommute now. Mostly you don't have any opportunity in the cities any longer. And like I said, the people that have the ability to leave the cities now, they're doing it. They're doing it. Uh, The ones that cannot, unfortunately, as bad as it is, they're essentially they're helpless. Yeah, they're stuck there. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I mean, if things keep up, the the cities will end up being the rural areas. If things keep going the way they're going, the the rural areas are no longer going to be, uh, you know, small communities. They're going to start being bustling cities. Right, right. My fear is that rural communities, people will take them in and try and be nice. But what will happen is they will outvote the native community and yep. you're going to end up with the same hell you came from because they don't know any mm-hmm. better. They, they don't know any better. I hate to say that. I'm sorry. In a way, I'm sorry. But you people that grew up and live in the cities, you don't have any understanding of reality in a lot of ways. You don't. And so it's a little difficult to to sit there and and say that okay well um yes you're going to uh, you're you're going to go along with the community when you voted to turn your cities into abject hell unless there's some kind of way to get them to integrate properly I I don't know how else to to stop it I mean I've mentioned the the fact before of um, passing laws to keep that kind of nonsense out. But apart from that, I, I don't know what else to do to, to stop that. But in the cities, and even so, not not even necessarily in the cities, you're starting to see problems in the county already, right? In the county, out in the county areas and, and out in the suburbs and things like that, you're starting to see problems. And some citizens are not very happy. So, some citizens are a little upset and they're getting on their last nerve, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say they're a little upset? It, in some, yeah, in some places, yeah. I, I want to go over. The reason I say that is because I, I want to go over. Um, I want to go over a clip here from. Uh, now this is a this is a couple minutes long, uh, but but it's worth it to hear what this guy has to say. And he is just a citizen of the community. That's all he is. He's a small business owner, and that's all he has. And he lives in Shasta County, California. Or excuse me, he lives in um, in Redding, California, which is in Shasta County. And that is, I believe it's just outside of Sacramento, pretty sure. But uh, anyway, he decides that he's going to show up at uh, the Shasta County Board of Supervisors meeting because they're the ones that put up the uh, the mask mandates and the lockdowns and, and all that stuff. Uh, and they're continuing that based on all this stuff. And we've made our points clear on it. We've made our... Um, uh, our stances on that clear on what we think of all this and, and things of that nature. And to listen to what this guy has to say. Now, mind you, this guy was asked to speak there. He didn't want to. And no one else wants to speak up because everyone seems to be afraid for whatever reason. And I'm not quite sure why. I, I really don't understand why. Being afraid of this is not going to fix anything. That's not going to fix anything. These people have to be stood up to. That's all there is to it. I want you to hear what this guy has to say. Did you were you typing in something? Is that why you were clicked off? Yeah, I was. I was just double checking uh, location uh-huh. of where it's at, and it, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's way up north, north of uh, Sacramento. North. Okay, I got you. But nonetheless, I want you to hear what this guy has to say because nearest I can tell. I haven't seen this on any news network. I haven't seen this as part of any news article, main news article, n- none of that stuff. Because this kind of response to these people that make these decisions at the local level, this is not what the media wants to be shown. They don't want people giving it to your local level elected officials and telling them how things are going to be. Now, if this doesn't resonate with every person across middle America, I, I don't know what will at this point. I, I really don't. Because this, this is a bucket of ice water in the face of anyone that doesn't understand what's happening up to this point. Okay, so I want you to take a listen to this. 
Um, I wasn't going to speak. I was asked to speak here, you know, uh, Sheriff Garcia. Um, I'm telling you guys, you know, I'm pretty appalled at what's going on. You know, at first we sat as concerned citizens that we all wanted to figure out how to best navigate our way through this whole COVID thing, you know. And uh, as, as we realized that it's not quite as dangerous as we thought it'd be, you know, I was absolutely appalled at the cowardice, you know. And as you're sitting there with your masks on, uh, I don't blame you for wearing masks because I'd be hiding my face too if I was you for what you're doing. It's absolutely horrendous what you're doing to these people. I'm a business owner. And and, uh, and I'm telling you, our families are starving. You know, you guys can sit here with your jobs. You can sit here and you're going to get paid. You can fall asleep in your chair like that gentleman's doing behind his mask right there. Okay. Uh, and I'm telling you right now that right now we're being peaceful. And, and you better be happy that we're, we're good citizens, that we're peaceful citizens. But it's not going to be peaceful much longer. Okay. And this isn't a threat. I'm not a criminal. I've never been a criminal. But I'm telling you, good citizens are going to turn into real concerned and revolutionary citizens real soon. And nobody else is going to say that. I'm probably the only person that has a boss to say what I'm saying right now. That we're building, we're organizing, and we'll work with law enforcement or without law enforcement. But you won't stop us when time comes because our families are starving. And if you don't hear the seriousness of my voice, I hope you open your ears and you absolutely listen to what I'm saying. Because this is a warning for what's coming. It's not going to be peaceful much longer. It's not going to be raw raw. It's not going to be speeches. It's not going to be gathering outside saying a pledge of allegiance. It's not going to be waving flags. It's going to be real. When you've seen the things that I've seen, I went to war for this country. I've seen the ugliest, dirtiest part of humanity. I've been in combat, and I never want to go back again. But I'm telling you what, I will to save this country. If it has to be against our own citizens, it will happen. And there's a million people like me, and you won't stop us. Open the county. Let our citizens do what they need to do. Let owners of businesses do what they need to do to feed their families. Take the masks off. Quit masking and muzzling your children. The psychological damage you're doing to them is horrible. I've had six friends kill themselves since it's happened. Veterans who lost their jobs. How do you feel about being complicit in perpetuating that? The greatest hoax ever perpetuated on the American people, and you're part of it by wearing your masks. In Shasta County, we're supposed to be red country up here. Not blue country, we're red country up here. You guys know that. I mean, you claim to be conservatives, maybe you're not, maybe you're liberals, I don't know. But by God, we're Americans, and remember that. Take your masks off, quit muzzling yourselves. Join us, fight with us against what's going on in Sacramento. It's a travesty, thanks. Where do I begin? Uh, this, is, um, this, is, this, is clearly, this is clearly the type of mentality you're gonna see all across the country as this continues because of nonsense policy based on false science, right? Everybody I talk to, everybody I talk to back in the States, right? Even liberal people. I talk to left Democrats, right? To the left of Democrats, the, the so-called modern liberal. OK, I talk to those people and you know what? They even say this is nonsense. These people that are in power have overreached to the point where they can't go back. They can't go back. Even if you say, OK, well, they're going to do whatever it is they're going to do. No, they're, they're not going to stop this. Nothing's going to go back to normal. And here's the problem. You've got people at the local level, the state level, well, the, the local level, the which, you know, you consider the county to be a local level, the state level, the federal level. They're all doing what they're told. That's all they're doing. They don't care at this point. This guy is trying to reach out to these people to give them a warning, as he said. And he said, look, we will work with law enforcement or without it. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because, as he said, as this continues and people aren't going to be peaceful, and the people that do turn into revolutionary citizens, the police will either work with the people or they won't. And if they won't, then they have an obligation to get out of the way and let the people deal with the problem. That's how it's always been in America. He talked there about the suicides being up. They're off the charts. He talked about six people that he's known 
have killed themselves since the start of this. Suicides are out of they're out of control. It's killing more people than any virus could. Fear is the weapon here. These people that are hiding themselves behind these masks, that's what they're doing. That's what they're for. That's what it's about is so they can hide behind it. This is a cult that we're dealing with. This is not about science. This is not about public health. Those phonies up there at the DNC, right? They're all up there crying and it's all this big emotional show about science and public health. These people wouldn't know science or public health if it jumped up and bit them in the face. He was right about one thing. He said, stop conforming and join us, right? Join our side. I'm on that guy's side. I'm on that guy's side all day long, every day. You damn well better believe that. And anybody else that has that sentiment, I'm on their side. And that's not some uh, throwing my common sense to the wind. Oh, no, 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 no. That's what's called not going along with the program from these frauds and these authoritarian tin pot despots. That's what these people are. These people that are up there hiding behind their little face coverings, they're cowards. They're scared to death. And they're not scared of you or I. They're scared of the people above them. Oh, yes, there's a bigger minority above them. There's a smaller percentage above them that are telling them what to do. People like the ones at the World Economic Forum coming up in January. You know, we talked about them. The ones that are behind the Agenda 2030. The ones that are behind this uh, this vaccine agenda that we talked about just the other day. Oh, yeah. Those are the ones they're scared of. But they shouldn't be. They should be afraid of we the people. That's just like putting a protest of one and a half million people in the streets. Oh, they don't like that. That scares them to death. There was a protest of 30,000. 30,000 in Virginia over the Second Amendment. You remember that, Bruce? 30,000. Mm-hmm. That scared the living hell out of them. What do you think a million people does? What do you think 2 million people are going to do? What about 10, 20? There's only a couple thousand of these people worldwide. Worldwide. There's only a couple thousand of them. You get even further than that, there's only a couple of hundred of them. We can deal with national governments and corruption easily enough. That's easily dealt with. But my concern is this, as a, as a person who believes in, in justice, as someone who believes in the rule of law and doing things properly, and by the book, to be honest with you, I'm concerned these like these city supervisors, these city council people, the ones in the state houses, hell, the ones at the federal level, right? The national politicians, I'm concerned for your life, not from the people above you, but from people down here on our level. People like us, the ones that sit here and we do this, we talk about this every day. We're the calm people. We're the calm ones. That guy that you just heard talking in that clip, that's a calm person. But he said it's not going to last much longer. There's only so much people can take in a situation like this. Every place has its breaking point. Every society has its breaking point. And they are pushing to the limits where they're going to make it to where they will wish to God they didn't go as far as they did. I'm concerned for the people that sit in offices, politically elected offices. I'm concerned for them because what the average person who doesn't have control of themselves will do. That's the concern here. That's the concern here. And it's not it's not that I say, OK, well, you know, I'm not going to give this whole justice be done by the heavens fall or whatever. You know, I'm not going to go that way with it. But as far as I'm concerned, you people that sit in elected positions, I don't care what country you're from. Forget countries, right? We're past that BS. Okay, I'm not talking to you as an American. I'm not talking to you as a as an Italian or as a Dutch person or as a French person or as a German or, or whatever the hell. I'm talking to you as a human being, right? From one human being to another. These people have an obligation to themselves and to us, the people that put them in those positions to join us, to deal with the problem that has them scared, the ones above them. Because I tell you what, if, and I say if, I, and I hope to God it's an if, if all this goes wrong and it gets to the point where that gentleman's talking about, 
If this all goes wrong, I assure you, people like me are not going to go out there in the streets and deal with the hordes you got out there. That's not my fight. My fight is with the people that are higher up that caused this. And I swear to God, with everything I have, I will see every last one of your sorry asses thrown in prison for the rest of your natural lives. I swear to you. And I don't care how it has to be done. But you people will answer for what you've done and what you're continuing to do. You will. You don't get to do this and walk away clean. You don't. The smartest thing these people could do, I've been saying this from the start, the smartest thing these people could do would be take what the hell money you've stolen and get lost. Make yourself extinct. Just go. It's the smartest thing you people could do. But see, here's what's going to happen. Those that have not, I'm talking about the elites, those that have not, see, most of them have already punched out, right? They're already off in wherever hide and hold they're at. But the ones that haven't, the ones that they leave behind their little minions and their elected positions to, to carry out the agenda, they're going to leave you hanging high and dry. And you're going to have to answer to we the people for what you're doing, for the agenda that you're carrying out for them. See, it goes bigger than this. People look at everything on the surface, right? They look at everything as, oh, it's, we got to deal with this person and they're going to take care of that. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, your elected official is only doing what they're told to do. And you say, well, wait a minute, we put them there. They don't rise in that system unless they do what they're told. I'm not going to say that's the same thing about all of them. But if you look at members of Congress, for example, in the United States, what is it? You get to Congress as, say, a freshman, you know, as in first term, you get in there, you think, OK, well, we're going to do all this and we're going to do that. That's not how it works. Maybe going forward after this, on the other side of this, possibly, maybe we can get back to that. I hope so. But as it's been over the last, I don't know, 50 years or so, you get into Congress, you're going to do what you're told. The party whips are going to run around. They're going to tell you exactly how it's going to be. They're going to tell you what issues you need to focus on, what issues you steer clear of. Don't ask too many questions or you're not going to sit on any of the committees. You're not going to get to take part in any of the uh, the backroom deals or or any of the, the, the meetings and any of the agreements. You're not going to get your name on any bills. You're going to be one and done. That's politics. That's corrupt politics. And it's the same anywhere you go, pretty much. But this guy, circling back to this guy, this guy's not wrong. This gentleman right here, he's not wrong. And I hope, I hope, because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm a peaceful person. All, all of us are peaceful here. We just want to be left alone, right? That's all it is. It's literally just that. Leave us the hell alone. I hope to God it doesn't get to what this man's talking about. I hope it doesn't, because it's not going to go well for those that are sitting in the elected positions that are carrying out this agenda. It's not going to go well for them. I assure you, it's not going to go well. Bruce, what are your thoughts on uh, what this gentleman had to say? I'll get off my soapbox here. I think this is uh, what they want, they being the the elites. We're going to talk more about... Um you know, the, the upcoming agenda and whatnot, uh, uh, plan like 2030 and whatnot. I, I think this really ties into the 2030 agenda. I, I think they want us to get to the point to where we do have to fight or or we feel like we have to fight. Um, either one, right? I don't think they really care. Uh, it's just they want us to that point. They want that chaos. They want that upheaval. It, uh, it, yeah, it plays into their and plays into their hands. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to. Yeah, and I agree with you. That's what they want. They want that chaos. You're, you're absolutely right. Mm. They want that fight in the streets. That's what they want. But see, again, I honestly I don't think it's going to be that. See, I'm, I, I, if it were me, OK, if it were me, let's say that everything let's say society went to hell. Right. We're just speaking, you know, hypothetically here. OK, Let, let's say society went to hell. Let's say that it all went wrong and the lid came off and everybody's, you know, it's, it's going crazy. There's riots everywhere. OK, God forbid. Mm -hmm. But let's say that happened. Right. 
and the mobs were going around. They were burning people's houses down. Let me explain something. People like me are not going to mix it up with the hordes in the streets. That's not going to happen. And what this gentleman's talking about, I think, is nearly the same thing. Or do you, are you getting a different vibe from that? I still feel like this is what they intend. I, I still, even though there's still those among us that will go after the head, and they're not going to go for you know just uh, rioting in the streets or whatnot. They'll they'll go to the head that caused all this. I still think that's what they want. And the reason the reason I'm saying that is some of these politicians that are that are causing this, they're not important, right? They're they're disposable. So I, I don't really I don't I don't feel like it's going to be uh it's not going to be beneficial really in the end. It, because the ones that are pulling the strings are the, the higher ups that, frankly, we can't touch. I mean, those ones are they have so much protection. They have so much like even if we were to catch them and, uh, you know, send them through the, the legal system, doesn't matter. They can buy their way out. I mean, it's, there's True. not anything that we're going to be able to really do in, in, that, in that situation. Honestly, with having people go at them as well, it, it brings more credence to them saying, see, look, we're, we're trying to help humanity and we have these lunatics coming after us. I mean, it just plays more into their hand. So uh, I, I, I don't really know. I'm kind of at a loss on what to do in this in this, uh, you know, it's a what, what if the politician like the local politicians, what if they do um, listen to the people and start following their lead? Well, pandemic, uh, you know, COVID-20 or something. Right. They'll bring something else out and they'll they'll trigger something else or they'll cause more rioting and more looting. Uh, the, the thing is, is. When you have people like, yes, I'm going to say Boogeyman, the Soros and company, when you have those types come in and start trying to overthrow a nation, they have billions of dollars they can throw around and and affect these kind of changes. I mean, there's there's chaotic people, anarchists out there. We're, we're fighting against an ideology and corrupt people, corrupt individuals that think they can rule the world and tell you what you can and can't do. They, they think they can engineer society to be better. Or, or what they claim to be better or think is better. So this is not going to be a, I don't think this is going to be a, like a one and done. We're going to, you know, get every, get everything open up again and all, all, everything will go back to normal. No, it's a long this fight. Is, uh, this is a long fight. This is going to be is... a long fight. Uh, I'll bet you, and I I kind of mentioned that in the in the beginning of all this COVID thing. I'll bet you worked. It's probably going to take us, and I hate to say this, th- this is probably going to be a, a decade long fight. I kid you not. This is going to be like World yeah. War II. This is going to be a decade long yeah. fight, and yeah. Uh, it's yeah. here. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. And we're going to talk about this with 2030, right? Because it's a race to 2030. That's what it is. Who's going to come out on the other side of that? That's what it's going to be. Here's the thing. Depending on how hard this crash landing is going to be. And what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Western civilization, depending on how hard this is going to come down, how we deal with this, right, as as Western nations together, right? We cannot be separated on this. How we deal with this as Western nations, whether or not we want democratic rule of for and by the people, whether or not we want that, or we want to go down the road of where this group of corrupt individuals are trying to take us, as you said, Bruce, the ones that want to re-engineer society in their own image, that think that they can do it all kinds of, you know, they can do it better. Depending on which way 
we go with that, that's going to determine where we end up on the other side of this. It's going to determine. We're either going to reorganize after this because, look, let's face it, the old system's dying. That's what it is. The old system's dying. COVID was the trigger. This was coming regardless. So the old system's dying. The old power structure's dying. They know they're in a lot of trouble. They're going to continue to do this is what you're saying. The thing is, though, if they crash the markets, it's not going to do someone any good, right? Someone like Soros, his billions will become nothing. So it's not going to matter. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter. I'm just looking at the elite historically, right? Historically, historically, in this fight, they lose and they lose bad historically. And that's where I'm at on it, because honestly, I think we're going to win this fight. I I really do. I I believe that. I believe that it's going to be tough. It's going to be uh, it's going to be slow going. But I think in the end, it doesn't matter what they do now. It doesn't matter what they do, whether they release another one or not. It's irrelevant. They're going to lose. They are going to lose. And that's all there is to it. You don't get to do this. There are certain rules that we live by, whether that's moral laws or, or, um, (laughs) you know, laws that you make up out of whole cloth like uh, like Hitler did. You don't get to do this. Right. There are certain things you just don't get to do in life. And they can only do this for so long. And they're at the end of their rope. They're done. They're done. They know they have nothing else left. When we talked about the different New World Order groups on a couple of podcasts we did, what was it? Um, I think we re-released them for uh, July 4th. Go back and give those a listen if you like. It's not conspiratorial. We just talk about groups that are out there. And I think Marty even brought up uh, aliens and lizard people. I'm not sure. (laughs) That was kind of interesting. But in that podcast, I mentioned this is it for them. They're at the end. They have nothing left. This is their end game. And they have hordes out there in the streets trying to burn everything down. They're trying to collapse civilization in on itself, and they're trying to take us to a new form of neo-feudalistic serfdom. That is what Agenda 2030 is. Agenda 2030 is about taking away everything you have, but making you pay more for less. That's what it's about until eventually you've got nothing left. And in that, we're going to get into a lot of interesting stuff. Like I said, I'm not disagreeing with you, Bruce, but I'm just seeing where the elite are historically. They don't win this fight. Mm-hmm. They don't. So I'm I'm in partial agreement because this scenario, I think, is a little bit different than what history, what we've seen in history. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is technology. Technology is the yeah. big key difference that we have here that is is making this. Yeah. So I agree they're an end game. I do agree with that, but I don't think it's end game in the sense of they have no other means or no other directions to go. I think this is end game in the sense of they're on the verge of having that neo feudalistic system again. I don't really think they, they believe, well, okay, whether they really are or not, right? Actually at the end of their rope, if you will, I don't think they see that. I don't think they believe that. And and I'm not entirely sure I believe that they are either. I, I think it's um I think we're the ones of uh, the free world are the ones that are staggering, kind of on our heels, if you will. Uh and the reason I say that is all it takes is a little push, a little nudge, and society's gonna go nuts, right? And when society goes nuts, everybody's wanting to go back to a normal, a normalcy. Mm-hmm. They get that little nudge, that little push. And things start going crazy and they're like, hey, uh, we can we can bring everything back to normal. We can get it back to normal. Just take this uh, tracking device. You know, take this little. <laughs> yeah, right. Just this little and, chip uh, right here. Yeah. nothing really. It's just yeah. this little tiny thing. It, it'll bring everything back to normal. Everybody will be civilized again. Everybody will have a chance to buy food and have food. You know, you'll get your your little uh, universal income. Everybody will have uh, medical care, food housing, all that stuff, right? We'll, we'll give you all that and everything will be stable again. So 
however this plays out, the, the thing is, is they'll be able to use the upheaval that that's coming. They'll be able to use that to their advantage. So I'm not totally convinced that they're at the edge of the or at the end of their rope. But I do believe they're an endgame. And it's it's really on us on how we act and how we what we do moving forward. It's really concerned. Did you see the 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 thing? Um, it's a AI that they they pitted against. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of branching off to another subject, but I'm going to bring it back around to what we we're talking about. There was an AI they just tested in an F, uh, F-16 dogfight between a, an artificial intelligence and a human pilot. Right now, this was all simulated and everything. And the AI kicked his ass. I mean, it trumped him hardcore. And obviously that's going to happen because an AI can, it can hit uh, or, or it can do things, uh, maneuvers that humans typically can't withstand, right? Now, this was all simulated and everything, but the pilot was flying as if it, he was actually in the, the aircraft himself. Now, this is current AI technology, all right? This is, this is a... a they just programmed this to, for proof of concept. Now, give this a year or two of, of uh, working out some bugs and, and that kind of thing. What if they use that for, I don't know, tracking people or logistics or, or uh, quantifying what people's thoughts are? I mean, we have a huge amount of data on everybody already, right? Uh, of what you're thinking, your social media posts, uh, the likelihood that you are going to be one of the one problematic people. Uh, that you're going to be one of the ones that go out and riot, or you're going to be one of the ones that disobey, or you're going to be one of the ones that are obedient. And they'll be able to predict everything. I mean, they can already predict what you're going to buy uh, a lot of these uh, companies uh, with great accuracy for three months. This is why they want to. Yeah. And Amazon actually say they will already know what you want and they will ship it to you before you even buy it. But that predictive. That's That's their long term goal. Yeah, predictive buying or whatever it is. And I, yeah. I think you and I even saw something about how if you don't know that you want it, the company knows that you want it. And if they don't have it, they'll make it. That's yeah. how. Yeah, that, that's how predictable it is. But yeah. to, to your point there about being able to look at predictability with this, this is precisely why they need the system in place. They need the AI system yeah. in place. And more to that point, the AI system, that's the overarching structure over top of social credit. That is mm-hmm. what makes the power system in it, in and of itself now, it makes it obsolete. You think you're going to worry about a U.S. Constitution after all this? No, absolutely not. That's not going to be there. You know, And this is the hardest aspect when I try to portray this to people when I'm explaining social credit to them or I'm attempting to. They say, oh, well, we have a U.S. Constitution. They can't do that. And I, after I just kind of sit there and look at them for a couple of seconds, I say, do, do you not? are you not yeah. hearing me? Like, are you not hearing me? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. The politicians, forget politicians. There are no politicians. The politicians are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. They won't be in that system. There won't be a a system of uh, of constitutions or anything like that at all. There is an AI system that sits over top of the social credit system itself. That's what it is. This is another aspect that they're ushering in with covid this is part of it. We were sitting here and we were studying. We've been we've been screaming about social credit for the last, what, 14, 15 months now. We've been yelling about it. And mm-hmm. you and I have studied it. We've looked at white papers on it and we know the ins and outs of it for the most part. We don't know all of it. And it's it's horrible just as the way it is. But we've been seeing this come up uh, or excuse me, I, I've been seeing this you know, for a good number of years now. Not I, I didn't learn about this mm-hmm. a year ago. I've been seeing this for years. Right. And 
Uh, that's all I'm going to say on it. But the uh, th- that's why I've never been on social media. But the um, the thing about this is, is that we were trying to figure out, we were trying to ascertain through all the research we were doing for the last 12 months. We we're like, okay, this is what they're going to do. This is the way that it's that it's going to go with them. But we didn't know how they were going to bring it in. We didn't know. We thought, okay, how are you going to do this? Are you going to slowly start to bring it? Because they were starting to slowly bring it in. We've, we're already seeing part of it prior to COVID. Yeah. We're already seeing part of it. But it's taking too much time. It's taking too long. They're out of time. The elite, they're out of time. So now it's a mad rush to get it in. COVID-19 updates. Guess what? It's in your phone software. You come in too close contact. Unless you dump your phone, you leave it at home. Now, the options there right now, COVID-19 updates. I'll have to show you, bro. It's actually in my phone. Like it's it's mm-hmm. in the phone software. You can't get rid of it. Yep. It's in there. Right. And right now you can toggle it on and off. But how long before you have to keep it on over this over this? You people lost your damn minds. Well, that's that's a loaded question. Don't answer that. <laughs> I don't see this going well. I, I'm just I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't see this going well. And you know something? The gentleman that sits at the top of the World Economic Forum, Mr. Schwab, he even said this probably isn't going to go well for the elite. He even said that. Mm hmm. He knows. They know this is not going to go well for them. So we have a choice. But they have to try. Oh, they have to try. Yes, they. of course, they have to try. Mm-hmm. They have an obligation to try, so they say. But you know what? Mm-hmm. We, the people, from wherever you're from, because, I again, for, forget countries, right? That's that's so last century, right? <laughs> forget, the, forget countries, right? We'll worry about that later. But we, the people, have an obligation to stop you. That's where I'm at on it. That's where I'm at on it. I don't I, I don't care. I will. I will fight this. And I've said that you go back a year ago and listen to the stuff we talked about with social credit in the very beginning of this thing. I think, what was it? Week two, we started on social credit because we knew it was coming. Yeah. I will fight this with every fiber in my being. I will fight this and I will do everything I can to to ring the alarm bell and as warn as many people as I can. Now, is that going to do any good? I don't know. I don't know. But we have to try. Right. <laughs> we have to try. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. All right. Let's uh, let's get into this last thing here. I want <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about this because, mm-hmm. OK, there was a ruling in Oklahoma. What was it about? Was it like a month ago or something? The Supreme Court ruled that half the state now belongs to the indigenous people or something like Native Americans. <laughs> yeah, it was some. Yeah, it's something about a ruling on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is, I'm sorry, this is too good. Now, this is kind of, we wanted to end here on kind of a a happier note. It's just funny. Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs, right? You know, the uh, the, the football uh-huh. team, professional football team. Uh-huh. Now, we know that the Washington Redskins had to change their name. They're now known as the Washington football team because that's so original. The Kansas City Chiefs. All right. This is not a name change with this team. That's not what the problem is here. Do you want to take a guess of what the problem is? If you now, this is not related. Uh, this is not related to the team itself. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not sure. Um, okay. All right. In today's world, it could be anything. Okay. All right. Here. Here's what's going on. Okay. So, the uh, the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They released a statement yesterday, and they are announcing that they are banning fans. Right. Any fan that comes to watch a game, they're banning fa- or even tailgate for that matter. As far as I know, they're banning fans from wearing. Trying to do this without laughing. From wearing ceremonial headdresses and American Indian themed face paint at their stadium. And to be honest with you, they also say that the arrowhead chop, you know how people do the chop with their arm? Yeah. In the stands, uh-huh. you know, is it, yeah, is it trying to fire up the crowd? That is also uh-huh. under review. They might be looking at that. The organization claims this is a quote. 
They say our goal was to gain a better understanding of the issues facing American Indian communities in our region and explore opportunities to both raise awareness of American Indian cultures and celebrate the rich traditions of tribes with a historic connection to the Kansas City area. That's their statement. So you're abolishing everything that was associated with their culture from being uh, shown in your stadiums. Uh, That's what they're doing. It's like that's like showing I haven't seen a single and and I could be wrong. Maybe I'm overlooking something. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. I have not seen a single Native American activist group. They're out there, right? They're out there. I've not seen a single one come out and talk about how this NFL or sport professional sports team. I don't care which one. I've not heard a single one of them criticize any of this stuff. Have you? No, I haven't either. It's honestly, this is all it, it. it, it makes no sense. Like, I, I feel like it fits on with uh, the, the Washington, uh, the whole Washington state uh, or Washington team. Now, the, the Redskins, I feel like it, it fits kind of a similar thing there. It's like Native Americans are like, we have a team that represents us. I mean, Washington state uh, or, or the Redskins, you know, Washington team now. He was the like the first coach was a Native American, yeah. right? Like the first logo was, was based Native on American. him. Yeah. Uh, well, the, it was based on. A Native American. The logo, the logo was. It's oh, the, okay. I, the I Native it American it. that. Um, no, the, the Native American uh, guy. That's that's. Uh, he was in that one uh, commercial for. I'm what I'm going to oh, say. It's the like trash. the trash commercial. The trash one. Yeah, and he's yeah. like they do a slow pan in on him, and he's tear coming down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and that was yeah. from like the what 80s maybe or something like no, that. It's like 70s, 70s, I think. Yeah, 70s. It's the 70s. Okay. Anyway, it, it, it that's that's who it was modeled after. And they're getting rid of it. So why why get rid of that? Like, come on now. That that's so stupid. It's like you guys are gonna just and that, now it's gonna they're gonna ban cheering and they're gonna ban any of that stuff, right? Because obviously you can't do it because of COVID. Not just not just because it's it, it's racist. And what about all the people that have the uh, uh, you, we we learned in the um, DSA meetings, right? We learned that loud noises and stuff uh, that that it affects certain peoples with uh, oh, sensory, sensory overload, overload problems. Yeah, sensory overload. Yeah. yeah. So you, you can't do the cheering and stuff at the, uh, in the in the ball games. You're just going to have to sit there quietly and watch. And you can't eat. You, you can't have your hot dog or burger or anything while you're there or, or you know, nacho chips and no, you know, nacho cheese. And, uh, no, you, you can't, no, it's abuse. Yeah, can't. it's animal abuse, right? I mean, you know, you can't upset the vegans. So you, you can't do that either. So, I mean, you can't where is cheese. this going to end? Yeah, you can't eat cheese because that's animal abuse. That's yeah. Well, no, only if it's only if it's vegan cheese. You know, uh, vegan cheese, yes, yes, ve- yeah, yeah, ve- yeah. vegan cheese. Uh, okay, uh, well. That's okay. All right, um, but the, seriously, when's the, it gonna? Where, where, where are they gonna stop this? It won't stop. The team is also reviewing the uh, the arrowhead chop, as I said. You know, the arm thing where they do that. They're also looking at this, right? There's a giant drum in the stadium, which they use to kind of lead the crowd and chance. You know, what I'm talking about. You yeah. hear that at sports games, right. yeah, the yeah, drum. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the team has released a statement on the drum. They say you ask where it's going to stop. <laughs> so I'm just going with it. They've released a statement on the drum. They are exploring all options for a modified engagement moment from the drum deck that maintains a unifying effect between our fans and our players, but better represents the spiritual significance of the drum in American Indian cultures. Uh huh. Uh huh. I, I'm not quite uh-huh. sure what that means. 
I, I'm not I'm not quite sure what that means. Just tell me that there's not some liberal professor that just wrote that for them. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But there is a, a liberal professor who teaches media communications at Haskell Indian Nations University in Lawrence, Kansas, which is nearby uh, Kansas City. And he has said this is his statement. All right. This is his quote. He says, speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, OK, the professional football team, he says they need to get rid of everything. They need to change the name. Everything. That's his statement. So you asked where it's going to end. Honestly, it doesn't end until all this is gotten rid of. All of it. Everything's got to go. All of it. I I I I don't know what to say about. It. I mean, seriously, this is this is so absurd. Like, are we so weak as a society now that we can't handle this? Which, by the way, I don't think society's that weak. I think it's the the corporations and the businesses that are just jumping on board with this nonsense because yes. they think yes. they're going to be on the 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 right side in all of this and. and um, it's the lunatic academics. No. Yeah, yeah. This isn't this isn't the general feeling of the the populace or the public. It, it's it's contrary to that. So no, I, I it, it's foolish going down this road. Those who are sheep will be ruled by wolves. Yeah, I'm not a sheep. You understand? I, I'm not a sheep. I'm a sheep dog. I'm not a wolf. But we all know what sheep dogs do to wolves, don't we? Anyway, unfortunately, we're out of time, uh, so we're gonna have to go. Uh, another hour's passed us by, Bruce. Don't know where that's gone, but another hour's mm. passed us by. For those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. Love getting all of your feedback, your echoes, your likes, your comments, your upvotes, all the above. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you would like to reach out to us and you do not want to follow us on social media or you're not on social media, I don't blame you. Uh, we're on there for the podcast. No other purpose. But uh, if you would like to reach out to us, you still can. You can drop us a line at any time at tips at dynamicindependence.com. You can address it to anyone around here or just leave the subject line blank. It's entirely up to you. Also, we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family. We're looking to grow our audience as much as possible. And word of mouth from you loyal listeners helps us do just that. And we would appreciate it if you would do just that for us. We would thank you very much in advance for that. Also, if you rate podcasts, we would humbly ask you to give us a rating at your convenience on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. If they have a rating system, five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. Possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. <laughs>